Thank you. 
Jesus Christ. God's been speaking about idolatry in a new and fresh way of understanding for us to get healed and delivered from the entire curse of the fall today. He says any image you have in your forehead, the thought life in your forehead, what you conceive in your vision is your God. Have no other gods besides me, it is written. Take up no vain idol in your imagination. Little children, keep yourselves free from idols, it is written. What does that mean? Keep Jesus, the only image, in your mind 
If you can do that, the resurrected Lord Jesus in your forehead, through your whole brain, your brain is an optical processor. Hallelujah. Every scientist knows that. I need to upgrade. Somebody say hallelujah. I need to upgrade. <laughs> oh, amen. Your brain is an optical <laughs> processor. Oh. You buy a new camera, a DSLR, a full-frame mirror. <laughs> you want to know what processor is in it. Because oh, it's going to process the image. And the greater the processor, the greater the ability of the image. <laughs> so as knowledge increases in the end times, Daniel 12, the ability to image bear both demons and Jesus Christ increases. God wants a people whose mind belongs completely to him in the image processing. You know what that means? No idols. No other gods. Casting down vain imaginations, it is written. Take every thought captive, it is written. So when those things pass through your mind, those images, understand that is 100% what the New Testament talks about idolatry. Idolatry is the image in your mind. Now you can hear the word, and it goes right into the senses, all kinds of idolatry will be exposed in your brains because we have allowed all kinds of thoughts, visions, and things into our ears we have heard that don't belong to Jesus Christ. That's why it is written, tear down all vain imaginings and take every thought captive. Why? Because the battlefield of the mind is the taking control of the image bearing inside the mind. If the image of Jesus is inscribed upon the forehead, mm -hmm. then Jesus Christ is always your God. Our job is to get more consistent in projecting Jesus through the optical processor called the brain or your mind in the Bible. Now the Bible says, transfiguration by the renewal of your brain, Romans 12, 2. So as this optical processor is used for true light instead of darkness, the brain gets transfigured. What does that do? Allows true light to upgrade you. True light wants to upgrade your life. That's the love of the Father. Notice it will cost you all the thoughts and imaginings in your mind. If your thoughts and imaginings are with Jesus Christ, you'll love His ways. You'll love His water. You'll love his sacrificial altar. You'll love his fire because you have waged war as a king who's counted the cost before he's gone to war. You have waged war in the good Christian warfare against Satan in image. Mm, they're coming out of your heads right now. Let's go. Let them go. Keep looking. Behold your Lord within you. All these revelations <laughs> of sapphire stones. That's you tearing down your idols right now. Those images that are coming up, just let him go and look at him. It's tearing down your idols. It's happening right now. Thank you, Lord. Don't worry, I'm not looking too close. No judgment here. So it is here. worship in spirit and truth. What is spirit <laughs> and truth? It is light and images. If you don't have that image in your brain and you're just always thinking about Taco Bell, you probably got an <laughs> image funny. issue. You're not capable of worshiping Jesus <laughs> in truth. If you always got girls or guys or emotional eroticism or all kinds of money and dollar figures in your brain you cannot worship jesus 
vision. He said it himself. You cannot worship him unless the truth is an image in your mind. Let's go for the white and the red snake here. Let's go. Thank you, Father, for it. Well, and the visions of your imaginations of how God is going to bring about revival. Your imaginations of how God is going to fill your destiny. Your visions of sapphire stone uh, things that are not actual invisible realities, but imaginations. Those are the more subtle of white and red magic. So go ahead and just loose those now. now if you can bear it, just look to Christ and trust him with your destiny, how it's going to look, and how your actual sapphire stone experience is going to go. Where you're at in reality and not in imagination, not vain imagination. This is really important. Some of you, you like... Some people on your walk, you're a little bit more susceptible. Everyone has a weakness. Everyone has weaknesses, but we have to deal with it. Those vain imaginations of thinking you're higher than you are. I'm not single out any one person. This has happened to many people. This has happened to many people in RLM trying, on, trying this journey. And it's those vain imaginations that are your enemy. And I'm going to share this with you. This is a testimony of someone who started over. Uh, recently, and this is, you know, anonymous, uh, one of our precious friends in the Lord was confused about where they were going to be. And if you just use, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit can be perverted when your spirit is unsanctified. When you don't have all the iniquity cleansed out of your spirit, you can potentially be susceptible to the enemy spirits using your gifts of the Spirit against you, to your detriment. That's why on this walk of maturity, we want to sacrifice that and rely on Christ formed within our spirit and not just the visions or that things that play in the imagination screen because your imagination screen, there's still idols there. There's, that means demon gods ruling over your visions. So treat your dreams and your visions as something untrustworthy. Even though you may have had true ones and false ones, you're not going to be likely without a lot of help to figure out which is which one is which. Sounds like someone's wrestling the false prophet. That's right. Those are Netza and Hod. Those are the false prophets. Conquering that first world, you'll deal with the Tower of Jezebel continuously. So mm -hmm. that's where most people are at. Right. And so Jezebel and the prophets of Baal. So even if you go up above the moon, you're still dealing with the false prophets of Baal. And you're dealing with the red and the white. Right? The appearance of righteousness is the highest wickedness. Mm. Uh, that's the red serpent. That's Balaam sorcery. Like the band White mm. Snake. Yeah. And the white snake and the black snake, those are two heads of the same snake. They are one. And so what happens, if you, if you find someone overly emotionally attacking one and not the other as, as a unique, they're two heads of one snake. And so that's something the Lord has been, he's really trained me in, is attack both of them as the same. Right? If you're only attacking religion and not immorality, that means the immorality has you. Also known as Jennies and Jumbers. If you're attacking the immorality but not the religion, that means the religion has you. So you have to understand that they're two heads of the same one. I've one will distract wickedness. you. Yeah, one will distract you while the other one bites you. And their father is the red, uh, the red dragon. Mm. So just understand these things. Now back to this uh, anonymous testimony. And this is a really, this is really wonderful. This is for teaching purposes. So understand this. If you go up incorrectly, it's going to cost you much more time and pain and sorrow than if you just did it correctly the first time. It's actually faster in the long run to do it correctly. 
Because when you do it incorrectly and you wind up lost or taken out and, and taken down, it's going to be so much more sorrowful and painful. It doesn't mean you can't live through it. It doesn't mean you can't get restored. But you do not want to take that option. If you get anything out of this today, for those of you who are inclined towards vision, you are naturally a more spiritual person. You've always been that way. These confirmations for sapphire stones will come from signs and wonders outside of yourself, not from your own visions or when you, you feel anointing or you feel fire. It's not about that. Your visions, God will give you visions about stones. He does this with me. You will have dreams and visions about stones that you're not on yet because he's teaching you about them. So you don't want your confirmations to come from Jezebel. Right. But this is what you're dealing with. Exactly. So a lot of that, if, if you have not made it all the way from Malkut to Keter successfully and it's a full a lightning electric grid, you are still susceptible in your spirit to iniquity. So understanding that, you can be your own worst enemy. Now you can be your own best friend and looking out for yourself and saying, okay, this vision, test every vision, test every dream. There are different tools you can use in your prophetic toolkit. And if you've been training with us and got inside-minded, you're going to be pretty well off. You're going to understand these principles. If you haven't got it yet, that's fine. Again, let me go ahead and tell you this testimony. This is really powerful. Someone who's been restored to start over. Uh, this was uh, one of our friends in the Lord had thought they had made it, weren't sure where they were at. There was confusion. But they felt pretty sure it was Hakma. Now, when there can't, if you've made it all the way to Hakma, there can be no, I'm pretty sure, or I feel fire, or I feel this or that. It, it cannot be any one of those things. I had a vision, or, you know, something popped up, you know, online, and now I'm learning about the Sapphire Stone. That must be where I'm, it has nothing to do with that. That is completely wrong. And so, you know, I encourage them to really, like, you have to know that you know. And if you actually have made it that high, you will have an entire log of where you started, where you went to the second stone and you would know exactly you could remember you know it was this type of a day that this happened there was a specific moment it happened and you saw it you stepped into it and then something completely outside of yourself confirmed it at least two confirmations outside of yourself not your dreams not your visions not your oh i feel fire i feel anointing none of that has nothing to do with that all those old ways that you used to get confirmation and Charismatic religion, you cannot rely on that. It's not going to work. And so this is basically what happened. I ended up getting, you know, a warning for this person. And I, was, I wasn't I was sure exactly if that was going to be them. Um, I saw into the council of Satan and his, his close council. And, you know, in the spirit realm. I saw that and I was graced by the Lord to perceive it secretly. And what they were doing. And what basically happened was we caught them right in the middle of their plans to take this person down who had completely just not been around for a few days, just disappeared almost off the face of the earth. And I thought, you know, this thing attacking them is way out of their league. There's no way this person, if they're isolated, can even survive probably their life, definitely not their destiny. I mean, like, way out of their league. Like, just, it's not even fair. Like, how is this even allowed to happen? And, you know, so that kind of pissed me off. But this is how it happens because you separated yourself. And, you know, that's what happens. 
when you don't stay connect with the community, when you're with the community, you stay connected. <laughs> uh, stay on Messenger, stay on Facebook, be stay connected to a few people like ladies. Uh, stay connected to the women. You realize everyone outside the camp of Israel mm -hmm. died. Yeah. Azazel was cast out there with the with the uh, scapegoat offering um, to be devoured by fallen angels. It's written in the word. Uh -huh. <laughs> so if you are outside the camp uh -huh. of the moving body of many parts, it's guaranteed destruction. That is the place of the abyss. Uh -huh. and that is the place of destruction. We're talking about the kind of enemy. I had to go to the Lord and basically plead for an upgrade and get prayer backup to even have a chance at saving this person. That's what happens when you disconnect. Oh, I'm just getting off of Facebook for a while. I'm going to I don't isolate. Know. I don't think They're... a lot of believers realize that it's they're dangerous. facing fallen angels. I think it's there's real. so little fear of the Lord or an understanding mm -hmm. of the spirit world. It's just just kind of like a callousness mm -hmm. to the reality that makes this mm -hmm. illusion in the physical realm. So when you're callous and you're unspiritual and earthly, you're under a hypnotism to how real the angelic mm -hmm. world of hell and heaven are. We need that world to become the most real wor world to you mm -hmm. so you can walk in the fear of the Lord. Right. Now, this person is very dear to me, so I obviously, like that was, it's too heartbreaking, you know. And uh, it's too heartbreaking to see things like this being played out and watching them play into the enemy hands like that because they're just, you know, they just can't handle it. And um, so that basically happened. I was grateful because the Lord gave us the warning. And we're talking about multiple confirmations outside of my own uh, warnings that I'd received. That was just confirmation on confirmation. And so basically, you know, with uh, help, uh, one of our, our, our prayer warrior, really, you know, Shadrach, I brought this to him. I'd seen that the Lord gave me an upgrade that I'd be able to help fight this thing if I needed to. Uh, but we needed to bring the person back, and he did. And within 24 hours, they came back. Um, but there was part of their spirit missing. They weren't the same. And after a few days of intercession and repentance, and then they gave them, um, when they donated a financial offering, within 24 hours of that financial offering, that part of their spirit, their personality came back. And that was a part of the warnings that each time they were possessed by this principality, they would lose a piece of themselves. They would lose more and more of their invisible body basically until it's just like you know. making sacrifice is a biblical prescription yeah. for repentance in every book of the bible mm -hmm. i want to just bring clarity as to all the changes in red letter ministries right now because there are a lot of them the joel's bar youtube channel is on oh, yeah. pause here's why we have a volunteer who is really a professional uh real and short and uh YouTube social media guru who's volunteered to help Red Letter Ministries fulfill that position and he's just such a blessing he's so anointed in this and YouTube allows al algorithms only for one live at a time so we've been having all of our videos throttled with almost zero search engine optimization or anyone to be able to find it or access it even through searching because of how many duplicates so all the advice of the professionals is to pause the Joel's Bar channel. It has the least amount of views. Most people are on RLM YouTube already, but if you're watching, wondering what happened on YouTube, it's all moved to one location, Red Letter Ministries YouTube. And we're doing the shorts, and you might be wondering, why are advertisements turned on? 
it's the only way to get promoted on YouTube. I'm not doing it for money. We get like $5 a month. It's nothing about the money. It's the only way for your videos to hit the algorithms to be seen by unbelievers and others out there. So a lot of people don't understand, well, Brandon monetized all the videos now, and now I'm going to stop giving. That has nothing to do with it. We don't make any money off that. It's like nothing. It's all about the ability of hitting the algorithms to put our broadcast in front of the millennials. Otherwise, they'll never see it. So this this is what all the pros are telling us what we must do for our videos, for YouTube, for our media to go to the next level. And we're doing it so it's a lot of changes. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to email me brandon at redletterman.com don't let the enemy lie to you and say oh they're getting greedy and they're getting into just money now on their videos it's the exact opposite it's the only way to reach new people yeah yeah we never cared about that yeah otherwise i would i remember when i was gonna leave my job to do this I was trying to negotiate with Brandon, like, you know, how much am I going to be taken care of? (laughs) And you need to understand. Like, I just got the dream job with the good pay. Now, Lord, you want me to leave this? But it's like, whenever you serve God. I want poor people just to have an understanding of what's going on so there's no confusion. The live has to be deleted every day Mm -hmm. and re-uploaded as a regular video. Otherwise, it gets throttled because lives are not promoted by youtube Mm -hmm. so the regular upload version comes the same evening within just an hour or two so there you'll find all the newest joel's bars and red litter ministries youtube in the video section the lives will be deleted immediately otherwise there's a duplicate and it's Mm -hmm. throttled and it has no promotion Mm -hmm. so that's what we're doing with all the videos and the social media just so there's clarity all right yeah we're growing in social media wisdom we've got a lot of help we're so grateful for the help it's so nice glory you know that was one of the words the lord gave us this year was no matter how hard you try the internet has changed and that kept coming again and again we got that word but we just you know it's hard to know where to start things have changed so drastically in the online world in the last 10 years so we're getting with the program and some good housekeeping and real quick back to our testimony um our um sibling in christ who you know that happened to after you know the intercession and the war in the heavenly realms for this person for their life and their destiny they came back uh, within 24 hours and then after their financial sacrifice it was, it was a really good um, sacrifice that was not asked for. It was not, like, provoked or anything like that. It was just out of repen- the pure repentance That's of their spirit. That's one of the sacrifices in Leviticus, the repentance offering. Yeah, it was a repentance offering. And within the next 24, 48 hours, this person got back those parts of their personality and their spirit that had been lost. They were almost like a dead person when they came back. And it was just it's shocking and horrifying to lose a part of you. Because, um, you know, when you're offering up, if whether it's physical or invisible body parts on the altar of demons, it's it's not guaranteed that you get that stuff back. It's real grace and mercy. And I believe he's doing that because you're rising on sapphire stones, and he wants you to. There's a lot of grace when you rise on sapphire stones, but please stay connected. When you're knit together and you have shields, not even the Leviathan can break through that. That's unity. Unity of the brethren is extremely powerful. Part of the armor is being able to message someone. And and what was what was the very last thing this person said before they disappeared? And again, this is for teaching purposes. This isn't to give you any shame, you know, for the person watching this. If, you know, if that was you, uh, this is so that others can learn, so they don't have to go through that same pain. That's how we share what we go through. 
and again, you know, we'll share some of these testimonies anonymously along the way to help others so that it doesn't happen to them. And I know that's your heart too. So uh, the last thing that we heard, the last thing I heard before this person got taken, almost taken out by the enemy was thinking that they were on a higher sapphire stone mm. than they actually were. That is so dangerous. So dangerous. I've warned a couple of you about this. That is a test. That is where it goes really wrong. And it's a miracle that mm. that person didn't, you know, die or fall off the face of the earth or, you know, lose their, their, who they are as a spirit. So when you're going up, the best, the, the only way to go up is with humility of where you're actually at. So this person actually started backing out a clear vision to start on Malkut. And you ha what you have to understand is it's not just Malkut to the moon, like to Yasad. Mm -hmm. You might be on Malkut of the enemy side. Yeah. There are two. There's Malkut There's of holiness. Malkut. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone needs a circumcision. <laughs> so if you're trying to go from Malkut to Yasad or from the earth to the moon, it's not going to work unless Malkut is fully circumcised. You need to understand that first first step is coming out of black Malkut. Oh, called the, Yeah, let's yeah take a sure. That'd be nice. So, the Valley of the Shadow of Death, Psalms 23, that's black Malkut. Um, the word Malkut is the word for the land or the kingdom. In Daniel 7, when it says that the saints shall possess the kingdom, the word there is Malkut, which is the word for that God used in Hebrew to create earth. That is the name in Hebrew for planet earth. Possessing the kingdom, Daniel 7, is possessing the earth. The reason why we don't is because we don't have understanding of hardly any of this. Malkut is in a form of darkness called the Valley of Shadow Death. It's the first sphere there where you're born of flesh on. It's the territory of the, of the rulership of the fallen angels of the curse of the fall. And so come, getting born again is now transferring from black Malkut into white Malkut, uh, not just in spirit, but in soul and flesh. Okay, so it's the bottom sphere. Understand this. How can you change from old earth to new earth? Let's use English mm -hmm. terms because that's what people need to understand. It's not about mystical knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's about you actually Doing understanding it. with your heart. You have to understand with your heart and earthen upgrade your vessel. spirit. This earthen vessel, you're changing yeah. this thing. That thing you were walking around in, you're living in, eating and breathing in, that's what needs to change. You know what the key is? is the key of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John going from the synagogue structure called the synagogue of Satan by Jesus Christ, or the, the church structure called the church of Satan by Jesus Christ, into the river of Elijah. His first coming was outside of all organized religion. Okay, in a river outside of the building of synagogues, which was the churches of that day. So the first step of black earth to white earth, or from black Malkut to white Malkut, old Malkut to new Malkut, is going out of organized religion, out of the control of darkness into the glory light in the earth level, which is represented by the Jordan River and John the Baptist, or Elijah. And you stay there, and from that point, the potential of ascension to the moon exists. But if you are still a part of the synagogue structure, you know none of them inherited the kingdom. They were, that's what the diaspora was about. They were crucified, sold into slavery. Everyone that didn't transition from synagogue to river was utterly destroyed forever. Moses said this about 
Jesus Christ's first coming, anyone that does not follow him will be utterly cut off from the people it is written. So, following Jesus meant leaving organized Christianity. Leaving churchianity. Yeah, didn't mean leave your brothers and sisters. No, your brothers and sisters are in the river. The other ones are false brethren 100% of the time. He didn't say follow the religious Pharisees. (laughs) Definitely don't follow them getting the... Can I say, tell a story about the religious Pharisees? Oh, yeah. I got a couple. Okay, okay. So yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> just for poops and giggles, <laughs> I threw a bunch of Revelation Apostolic Sonship Prophetics into a group on Facebook called The Narrow Path. Now, The Narrow Path, there's a lot of zealous people in there, and there's some people that are genuinely trying to seek God. But after throwing in Sonship Revelations, because they're saying all kinds of crazy stuff in there, It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. It was really a litmus test for where the charismatic church is today. I tell you what, it was like going into a snake pit from hell. Remember when I left the group, I was like, the not narrow enough way. (laughs) Do you remember that? Man, it was fun for me at this level because I haven't interacted with hundreds of Pharisees for quite a while, but I used to do that often. So I just kind of jumped in the snake pit just to see where charismatic zealous Christianity is at in the USA, okay? So we jump in and just shooting off, just blazing like Rambo, shooting guns in every direction just to see what pops. Recreational (laughs) time. You know, it was, honestly, it was probably 75% religious demons. Like, that ain't Christianity. It was 75% pure occult. Mm -hmm. This is in the Narrow Path group on Facebook, one of the most radical Christian uh, Facebook groups there is, okay? 75% 75% of it, honestly, occult. Not Christianity, occult. Straight up demonic control of witches pretending to be Christians. And I don't think they think they're witches. They think they're good Bible-believing Christians. It was just full-blown sorcery. These were disciples of Jezebel and Antichrist. Tremendous amount of Antichrist. But at the same time, by just obliterating everything like a cheese cutter... It revealed that there were many that were seeking genuine revelation, which is seeking God's heart where the gemstones That's are. That's encouraging. So it was, it was good. It was wonderful. That's really fun, yeah. Nice use of uh, But it shows me where the zealous charismatic church is at. And I, you know it's true out there. Mostly Pharisees. Mostly Pharisees. And that's the truth in here. Come out of her, my people. What are you coming out of, into? The river Elijah. You have to. Otherwise, you can't be saved in this day, just like in the first coming. Truth on you. Amen. <laughs> it's just like that in Heaven Awaits the Bride. You're like, but Lord, they're destroying the church. He's like, that's not the church. <laughs> He's like, they might, it's just called the church. The actual, he said, the real church is made up of living stones, and they know how to run. And they also, he said, they know the stairway to heaven, those staircases. When they talk about the staircase that goes up into the third heaven, the angel shows it to her by pulling that red string. And those levels of the staircase come down and they're clear like glass. Walking through the second heaven into the third. Into and, the place called Starport. Yeah, and she asked, and the angel told, yeah, Starport, exactly. And the angel said, you'll want to, be fa- you'll want to familiarize yourself with the uh, openings or the, the, where the ladder is those locations and and she said well is there a map and he said the map is in the spirit and uh, if you notice what there's as she goes up one one third of the way two thirds of the way 
three-thirds of the way, the angel has some remarks in there about how safe she was based on how high she went up. That's really interesting. Someone will enjoy that, looking at that tonight. At the, the measurements of how high you go up. Those are the worlds. The picture? Mm. Oh, yeah. The angel that talks to her. Looks a lot like DNA, doesn't it? Uh, how safe you are you know he was rushing her on in the beginning when the ram was coming like the the ram head enemy device and he said you were more safe when you got up a little higher but you weren't really safe until and then he mentions a very specific part of this ladder or this staircase secret staircase of light hidden in the inner man the map is in the spirit. It was I who hid you there in the secret stairway of the sky within. Oh yeah. I want to get into some Christian Holy Ghost mysticism. Let's talk about the stairway. Woo! Come on. Genesis 28.10 Jacob left Beersheba and went to Haran he came to a certain place and camped for the night. Every time you say Beersheba, I, just, uh -huh. I can't help but partake. Since the sun had set, he took one of the stones there, set it under his head, and lay down to sleep. And he dreamed. A stairway was set on the ground, and it reached all the way to the sky. Angels of God were going up and going down, on it. Genesis 28.10 What are they seeing? They're seeing... What did uh, Jacob see, guys? He saw the seven worlds. I don't know how high he saw up, but he definitely saw up. Angels ascending and descending. This path of sapphire stones is also called, accurately, Jacob's Ladder. There are some external portals... As you'll know, like, you know, Moravian Falls, that's an obvious one. Uh, there was another place, I think Bobby Connor talked about it. They took him out into the wilderness somewhere. And even then, if you go there, it's not guaranteed you can go up in the portal. You'd have to have, like, an angel escort or permission or God to sovereignly take you up. Uh, but when you're in regions that have those external portals, you'll usually feel it if you're sensitive. Or you might have an encounter of angels ascending and descending. But for you to ascend... And not just like, you know, maybe God will take you on governmental business. That's very rare. That's very, that's like, you know, mm. that's very rare. And that's not really what he wants to do. What he wants to do is have you realize that within you. Mm -hmm. Like what we've been talking about being God inside minded is you opening up, dilating your spirit as a portal. Now we've had some experiences like that, right? Like when that portal opened up inside of me and I saw the river exactly how Rick Joyner described it. Uh, in the series where he met me in the spirit and we're talking about, you know, horse, the horse, riding the white horse. Exactly how it's described in there. And I saw the doe of the morning, like the, the morning star, uh, the deer, the gazelle, that mystic creature and the Garden of Eden. And it, it, opened, it bubbled up from not outside of me, not an external portal. Right? There was no external portals where I was living at that time. It was just, it bubbled up from within me, inside of my house. That's when my slipper f physically fell into a portal in heaven into the Garden of Eden. My physical slipper, I had two on my feet, and one fell off as it bubbled up, and I couldn't even see 
my uh, desk, the wall disappeared, but I saw that creature, and that creature was looking at me. And there was butterflies, it was so nice. Colors that we don't even have here on Earth was definitely not a place on Earth. It was so obvious. And then when it dilated back down, it it bubbled up. (laughs) And this was just me working, having fun, making graphics, making cool designs for RLM. And that's when it happened, when I was working under the Lord. Bam! Not trying to mysticism, you know, I'm trying to... That's all great too, but that's not when it happened. And then I realized that slipper fell off my foot. Now I feel like, oh my, you know, the brain is just like, what in the world just happened? And I'm on all fours crawling under my computer desk to see if I lost my mind. Or is this actually, it, it was open for a while. It was open long enough to gaze in and look at it and have that experience. It, it fell in. It was just on my foot. There's nowhere. It's not behind anything. I didn't... You move in my chair out, I'm looking around the same little few square feet. <laughs> Just crawling like an insane person under my desk. Like, where is it? <laughs> like, why am I going to find it? I know it fell into heaven, but my brain can't comprehend that something so supernatural just happened. It was like, a, I don't know if it was a couple of days or a couple of weeks goes by, and that one slipper reappeared on the other side of the house, which is, number one, physically impossible unless supernatural interference happened. This is how I found it. I had a video conference with Brandon. Mm. And I was just getting updates on what we're doing. And then I go, and there's a sheepskin rug on the other side of my house. And on the phone, on screen, of course, it had to happen on screen, I tripped on it and fell. <laughs> The angels are pulling a prank on me. So it was hilarious. And I just, you know, I'm just falling all over the place. I'm like, what was that? (laughs) I look under there. Again, impossible, because I knew that I had just vacuumed. And you guys, you know how I like to keep my, I like to vacuum and keep everything nice. I had just vacuumed recently. And I'd moved the rug and shook it out and everything. So I knew there couldn't be anything under there. Right? But what is this bump out of nowhere? And I lift up the sheepskin rug. And underneath, sure enough, there is the slipper that fell into heaven in that portal on the other side of the house. Okay, now now I'm like, where's the other one? I'm going, am I losing my mind again? I gotta go run and grab the other one because I kept it. I said, okay. With the one slipper, I just have one slipper now. Okay. And these aren't, like, special slippers. These are, like, purchased off of Amazon slippers with a coffee stain. The coffee stain is the one that, I think, the one that fell in. So I said, okay, um, I said it out loud to my angels, holding my one slipper. Well, uh, I guess, uh, if you guys bring it back, I'll, I'll keep it. Or maybe, is this just my sign that I need to get new ones? I mean, it's just a small coffee stain. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. <laughs> you know, well, I don't know, like, how do I react to this? I don't know. The only way the human-animal soul can react is pretty much the wrong way, or confused about what to do. So that's what I was, you know. But when it came back, I realized, this slipper has been to heaven and back. I'm gonna hold on to these for a while. And now our friend Lisa has them, I gave them uh, over there to her. Signs and wonders follow those who believe, but signs and wonders also, in that scripture it means, are for those 
believing. So when you're believing, what is believing? In the spirit. Which means you're in the kingdom. You're in new earth. New earth is right here. When you're living in the spirit of Elijah, the river of life, in your earthen vessel, out of your belly of your earthen vessel flows rivers, John 7.38, you're living in new earth. If you're out of the river, that's what demotes you to never go to the first ladder of the moon to be a, a taste, get a taste of the overcoming realms of Gen, uh, Revelation 2 and 3. Stop chasing outside portals yeah. and and you start to develop the inside portal because that's what God wants to do. All the other like church age stuff is just drying up. And the it's, reason it's why doing. that is, guys, and why, because God honors his word, the New Testament is the perfecting of man and woman's temple. Old Testament was external temple. We build churches, we build synagogues, we build um, the temple of Solomon. Okay, that's Old Testament. New Testament is developing this body that God made. Every other form of Christianity is really witchcraft, yeah. major witchcraft, because it just it's a deception of dealing with the old earth, which is why Christians are so exceedingly religious, because they're caught, now listen, this is what they're caught in, they're caught in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They're caught in the Old Testament style, but they have the New Testament words, but it's not the New Testament application of what Jesus or the apostles walked in. It's what the Jews walked in with external rules and regulations. You know, here's what God said to me yesterday. The Old Testament is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. New Testament is the tree of life. But it has to be God inside me. Now you could say, well, then we don't need the Old Testament at all. That's not true. Also wrong. If you read the Old Testament, it's constantly about good or evil. Like every single verse clean is separating clean. good and evil. That's the whole function and point of the Old Testament. The apostles said the Old Testament, or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, was useful and profitable for wisdom. And for to tormenting your kids by making them go around walking unclean, unclean. <laughs> so wisdom is what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is good for today. That's the truth, anyhow. You can drink that. It'll set you free. Mm -hmm. So you understand the purposes. So Jesus is the tree of life. It's written in the word. I am the way, the truth, and the tree of life. The way, the truth, and the life. So I the, am the ladder, says the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> all Jesus. So it's like the, the tree of life formed in us. Then, notice, the overcomers, guys, this is where you're going to, you need this maturity right now. The overcomers, it's not just tree of life. They're also singing the song of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Revelation 15. Which means unless you have the wisdom of those ages of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you cannot overcome. This is where the infants in Christ are still so far below because you can't do it without what he did in the past. Right. So Old Testament, as you've probably seen... Because the past is also part of the way up to God. Right. So what you've probably seen in Christianity, anytime people get into Hebrew roots, it gets weird... Behold, I redeem Any, the times. Anytime people get into like, oh, the Old Testament, the Hebrew roots, and then they get really into legalism and wanting to avoid that, most people will just kind of stay away from it. It's New Testament grace. So why is that people stumble when they get into it? 
Do you remember the New Testament? What does it say? That they that veil of wisdom. Moses, <laughs> that veil of Moses is still over them. That veil that they couldn't see Moses' face, that glory that was fading. It's still on them when they read it. And what Brandon said was, the Old Testament is for the purposes of wisdom. So why can they not interpret it with wisdom? Why is it always foolishness? Because it is foolishness. Otherwise, it wouldn't lead them into legalistic yeah. interpretations. And they would be walking in this path and they would see it clearly on sapphire stones. But it's veiled to them because they don't have wisdom. Now, how come they don't have wisdom? This is what the Lord spoke to me today. Mm. Purity. They're lacking in purity. It, it says that a prostitute reduces a man to a loaf of bread, not five loaves and two fishes. Like one loaf, one talent, buried in the earth, good for nothing. And the wisdom that comes down from above is first of all, first of all, pure. Mm. And my people don't have that purity, says the Lord. They don't have it. When you're walking in idolatry, it is 100% of the time also immorality. Mm. Those black and white snakes, we talked about it, they are one and the same. If you think you're only dealing with one half, it's the other half that's already eating you. Mm -hmm. It's eating you alive. So you got to get some wisdom by walking in purity. Now, how has the devil worked to destroy the purity so that you can't walk into the wisdom of the Old Testament or the New Testament, for that matter? We'll get into that. Uh, it's because everywhere you look, it's pornography. Everywhere you look, it's just, it's naked bodies everywhere. It's sexual innuendo. I think I went on like a youth group trip as a kid to watch a wholesome movie. And you couldn't, they were covering our eyes in the, in the intro commercials because they were using sex to sell toothpaste. It was a toothpaste commercial. I'll never forget that. And, you know, thank goodness, you know, the images are blocked out. But I always remembered that. It's like, even a toothpaste commercial? Really? I mean, it's just everywhere. And so the enemy's strategy has been to have you grow up with that and have it ingrained into you for years and years so that you'll never walk in the purity that you need to actually have wisdom of the sapphire stones. Because it's first of all pure, which means you have to rise in purity. You have to fight the good fight of faith in that area until you become that creature that is pure. So it, it's not just handed you on a silver platter. You'll have miracle breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. And so this is what happens is when you start to get breakthroughs in purity so that you can stand on the moon, Yasad, that represents sexual purity, Malkut, right? It's called Malkut of his holiness. If it's not Malkut of his holiness, you're on the other side. That's the demonic shell. So first of all, the kingdom of his holiness is within you. Get that established and get all other kingdoms out of you. Get it off of you circumcise it whatever it takes and then you get up on the moon sexual purity and then the rest of those rem remnants of false love the more subtle forms as you go up hod and netza burns out of you in the sun and then burns out of you in keter when you rise with the lightning the fire and then the lightning it's purity of pure and when you have that that's when the old testament the tree of the knowledge of good and evil when you enter into the sixth interior mansion of jared that is when, as it's written in the book of 1 Enoch, the angel said to Enoch that in the future, the holy would eat from that tree. Where are you being made holy? In the sixth interior mansion. There have been uh, many, many mystics, Jewish mystics even, in I don't even know how many hundreds or thousands of years past. Their records that are kept of them seeing into those realms. I did not see their records until after I had walked in it and I saw it and I took note 
of what it looked like. And I was like, whoa, this looks like this. This is that, you know, oh, well, we're being made holy in here. And when I went back, like, a, lo a few um, realms up, a few worlds up, I found, in my studies, I came across these old records. And they had the exact, these, eight, like, old Jewish rabbis, mystics, that were ascending to go see the vision of the Merkava, or the palaces. They saw the exact same thing that I saw. I mean, completely independent. It's like, how many more witnesses do we need? It's the same path. It's the same walk. Now, whether they saw it just in a vision or if they actually went there, there's all kinds of warnings along the way. And if you follow Jesus Christ, who is the true Moshiach, he's the Messiah, there's a grace on your life that you'll have the Holy Spirit within you, guiding you. So it's going to be a different experience than it was in the old Jewish mystic times when they would go into these visions and prepare themselves by learning the Torah because they didn't know Christ before he came in the flesh. And you're gonna, so you're gonna do it with New Testament grace and New Testament wisdom. So if the Old Testament is profitable for wisdom, you must first have purity and then these things will make sense to you. Then it's not going to be legalism. Then it's going to be power. Power to overcome sexual immorality. Power to overcome temptation. Power to rise in grace. Grace that gives you the ability to choose who you serve. Not money. Not sex. Not cars and shiny things. But God. God Almighty. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Seek him and first and his righteousness, his kingdom and his righteousness, and then the nice things. You know, God wanted to add that unto Adam anyway. That's why he created the world, a nice beautiful garden for Adam to enjoy with his wife and with the family God wanted them to create and to walk with God in the cool of the day or in the ruah of the day. They walked with him in the ruah of the day. What's ruah? Yetzirah, that's where your ruah is formed. And that, those many layers being perfected by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, to know him and walk with him in the ruah of the day, in the garden of Yetzirah. That's the lower garden. You want to know the garden of Eden on the inside? Rise on sapphire stones into the realm of Yetzirah. There it is. You'll find it by stepping through the Shekinah. The Shekinah is the door, the open door of the tent. Oh, I feel it. It's all over my body when I said that. It's the open door of the Shekinah glory. It's what the prophets peered through like a dim glass. But if you look through the sun of righteousness with healing for your vision in his wings, You'll see clearly. Without fear, without confusion, without doubt. Because most of us, especially if you've been trained in charismatic and glory religion, they teach you to go in vain imaginations, which Brandon just described as idolatry. All it is, is it's vain. It's not real. It's delusions. So while you're supposed to be walking in the physical world that's visible the invisible spirit realm is also just as physical and real yet unseen to you for the moment you must learn to walk in both realms 
But what's your number one enemy there? Delusion and vain images. Because if most of what you think is the spirit realm has been your visions, and that's most of you, that's unfortunately, that's most of you. Now don't get angry about that. We're sharing this so that you can walk in the realities. You've had a taste of the realities. And some of those visions, even though it was an imagination screen vision, some of them are partially true. But that's like looking onto a screen and there's different people playing different movies at different times. You're just watching it. You're not actually there. It's very different when you're there. And if your spirit is just a baby spirit, how are you going to walk there? Do you have legs formed? Do you have wings sprout out of you from going into the sun? And even over the sun, you're going to deal with vain imaginations. Hate to break it to you, there's a lot more that comes off the higher you go. You must test your every motive and your intention. Never assume that your intentions are good, because they're not. You would even swear to your dying breath, some of you, that your intentions are good, they're pure. They're not. I know they're not because you're not that high up on sapphire stones. And that's what comes out of you at those higher levels. Imagine your pure intention, the true intention. It could be demonic, it could be from your own self. But there's selfishness in there. There's wickedness in there, there's murder in there, there's idolatry in there. But it's hidden, it's wrapped around one lie, one fake thing, wrapped around another delusion, wrapped in around another thing. And so when you react to people, whether they're rising on sapphire stones or some little thing happens in the natural realm, or, and then you start to attack, it's actually not okay for you to take your sword of the spirit and stab other believers. It's, it's actually not okay. That gets more seriously dealt with the higher you go up. Purify the intentions. You have to. Always assume that your intentions are not pure. Start to question. This is, this is from my own wisdom of experience and going up. The first thing you want to question, why do I think that way? Why is my emotional reaction to this person like this? You might just feel anger. Well, what's underneath that anger? What's that fear? What's that jealousy? What's that envy? Are you really mad about these things? Really take a look and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you because until you go up very high, the intentions are not pure and you'll think that they are, but they're not. So instead of getting offended or hurt or you're just saying it, some people will react that way, but I know you want to know the truth. If you didn't want to know the truth, you wouldn't be sitting here listening to us right now. You wouldn't be tuning in. You wouldn't be watching the video. So what you can do is work with the Holy Spirit. Show me. Let those intentions of my heart be unveiled because it's always the curse of the fall which is common to all flesh it's in there no matter how hard you try to have a pure intention there's still a wicked intention in there and if you can understand that instead of hiding under fig leaves from god in the garden right hiding in yet zero like oh god no you're gonna have to trust him and let him take the fit you're gonna we're trading in our fig leaves to wear the Shekinah glory again and so as you do that be vulnerable with God and allow him to show you what's wicked he's not doing that so that he can punish you he wants to show you so that he can reverse the curse of man and woman since before the beginning of the fall and that's when you'll see that even to the people that you love the most you're very envious and murderous 
and very conniving and very deceitful and very ignorant about what the reality of what's actually going on. And that only gets more explicit and explicitly understood the higher you go up. So for some of you, you have an advantage because you already know this about yourself. It's just, you're not, you have to be aware when he tells you that it's happening and you can just be consciously aware. And instead of you hiding from God and thinking God's out to get you, start working with God, understanding he's doing this because he loves you and tenderly cares for you. And he wants you to be blessed and to be a blessing to others. And that's when all those the things, the rough edges, start to get smoothed away. Smooth stone, a white stone with a new name on it, an engraving that has the power to overcome the sin. So it looks like getting upgraded with the word. Yes. Every step of the way, it's just more word, word, word. Why? Because heaven and earth were created by God's word. So the more word, with the more ruach, the higher you go. So each level that you go up is a richer understanding in the substance within the word, which is also called the fruits of the spirit. Since the fruits of the Spirit only come about by God's Word working in your spirit, the more it works in your spirit and the deeper you go into the Word, the more you understand. That'll be the ability. It doesn't mean you always go up. There'll be a lot of people that have the Word in them down on the earth and are just faithful in the earth. But the door is open for them to go up. And I believe this generation will be taught en masse the way to the Father through the heavens, the way of Enoch, the path of lightnings. And I believe this this ministry is marking a change in civilization and a change in the covenant religion of Christianity. The covenant's perfect. The issue is we've had an immature infancy level of understanding of the new covenant. We're going to mature into a much deeper, richer understanding of perfection of the original word, which is Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, creation, how God made things, and getting back into his perfect word in the beginning, and enjoying his original design. I don't think there's been a family since Adam and Eve. You can't even say the patriarchs, because they had continuous problems. Patriarchs dealt with continuous suffering. You had kings stealing their wives in Genesis. I mean, it was a mess. You have not had a family enjoy original design since Adam and Eve. The whole purpose of going deeper in the Word is to get back into what God created heaven and earth for. Your enjoyment of Him in the Garden of Eden. And all that is the same as your enjoyment of the Word. When you hear Word, if a person's in black Malkut, they'll think, oh, the task of reading the Bible, I don't have time. Man, you're lost. You got a religious demon on your head. Going into the Word is going into the kingdom. It's going into the blood and the water and the spirit of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Encountering the Word. Now, God told me yesterday, there's seven heavens of encounter in every Word of God. You know it's true. Because God's the creator of everything. So when God speaks, He speaks out of the fullness of His establishment. He's not just speaking out of a dark corner. He's speaking out of himself. That's why it's the word of God and not the word of man. If it's the word of man, it's just in a dark corner of a, war, of a world or a room. When it comes out of God, it's the fullness of his possession of all seven heavens. Which means if you go into the depths of the word and it starts 
in the earth, Malkut, with its blood, water, and spirit. So you have to get into the spirit of the word. What's called the spirit of the word? Revelation. What's another name for the spirit of the word? Wisdom. That you may receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the intimate knowledge of God. Ephesians 1.16. Which means, I pray that you can go past the outer court into the holy place where the menorah is currently blazing inside every word from God. Now, every word from God is working in ages past and present. That's the wisdom of the ages. What is wisdom? God's word working. His words working in the first age, second age, third age, fourth age, fifth age, sixth age, seventh age. You are in the seventh age, Jewish year 6023 right now. So, the God's working word is working right now. God's word is already established in his Sabbath, in the seven of the one. Why seven of one? God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The oneness of the seven. Why seven? Because seven ages. He manifests the menorah of the seven spirits of one Holy Spirit for through seven ages and seven worlds of ascension. Why? That you may come into a wisdom that understands all the worlds of creation and walk back into the above Garden of Eden. So why is the Word married to Sabbath? Because after He created everything, He rested in the seventh day, it is written. Where is Jesus? In the seventh day. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What's the Lord's day? The day where the Lord is. The Bible tells you what day that is. Genesis says, in the seventh day. Which means anyone who accesses the Word of God in depth always enters Sabbath rest because they're joined to God through the Word. You cannot divorce Sabbath from Scripture in reality. Hallelujah. Amen. The spirit of wisdom, Hakma. The spirit of understanding, Bina. The spirit of counsel, Hased. The spirit of might, Gavra. The spirit of knowledge, Da'at. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord, Tiferet, through Yusad and Malkut. And the spirit of the Lord, Keter. That's the cosmic menorah. That's the priestly ephod and blessing and anointing and the man of light, Jesus Christ. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father. That same pattern throughout all creation. That pattern within you, in which man was originally designed to be formed in, what is it missing? That light. You know that light was restored to you when you were saved. You know you felt light. Light entered you. You were born again. You saw the light. I saw the light. I saw, you know the song, Gospel Tent Songs. Maybe you don't, maybe you do. But you saw the light. You saw the man of light. You received Jesus. You had an encounter with the true light, uncreated light of God. And it changed your life forever. And now you're on a path to know him. To know the source of that light, to really know him, not dimly, mm. through the veil, but face to face in the sun of righteousness. Not through a dark mirror, but through that mirror that shines, healed on the inside. Restoring that ephod to a lightning full of light, it's a lamp. You know, the prophets of the Old Testament, how did they describe when they saw what looked like electricity? Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. If you go to Metatron's school, his 
not, not the old creation station where they do kind of the arts and crafts and other kind of things like that. If you want to call it, they're very fancy arts and crafts. Very nice. Very nice arts and crafts. But the new heavens and new earth creation station that's overseen by Metatron, Enoch as Metatron. He sits in the control chair. I saw it in the middle of the room. They have a pedestal. And above it, hovering like a hologram, is the new earth. The blueprints for the new earth. And all of it was like that electric lightning blue. It looks like glorified electricity. So when you look at the Old Testament prophets, look at the details. They were trying to describe things that they didn't even really have a grid for. And I looked at it to see, like, you know, my thought and my intention, which Enoch is Metatron, he knows your thoughts. You don't have to speak out loud for him to already know what your desire is. I looked longingly toward the middle of the room where that, you know, big shiny circle in the middle of the room that's on the pedestal. Ooh! <laughs> Everything's lighting up. I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, like looking at it. All I had to do was look over it and he nods over, you know, like go, like, go ahead. You know, you speak spirit to spirit. So I got to go over and look at it and I could see the waters. And it was all full of water. And they see the whales. And it was all like that hologram, lightning electric, that lightning blue color that you usually see when he's around manifesting or things from the seventh heaven. And I reached out to touch it. They let me touch it. I wanted to touch it. And when I touched it, all of a sudden it was like I was in there. It was so real. It was more real than this reality that we're in. I was all of a sudden in the, in the air and in the waters and with the whales. And then he said, we're going to start with the whales. Mm. We're going to start with the whales. Isn't that a good plan? The water and then the whales. That's a great plan, right? I think that's a great plan. <laughs> I touched it and then I was there. You think this created world is entered interactive physical stuff? Very cool. Very cool. You ever dealt with so whales? This is hyper-realistic. Can you feel it? <laughs> might hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah. Free tickets to the gun show. He got me with that. That one always gets me. <laughs> Guns are banned on like, the premises. This, this reality that we're walking through, known as the Earth, and it's... We're working on it. Fallen State, working on it. It's a work in progress. <laughs> it's under reconstruction. Repairs, repairs are being made. There was some damage. There was some damage done. But um, this is very realistic, I would say, right? When you touch something, you feel it. When you smell something, you smell it. You can eat it. You can taste it. You can feel pain. You can feel all kinds of things. This reality that I touched, the new Earth, it was far more realistic than this. Mm. This is like... This doesn't even look real anymore. Glorified senses. Yeah. Like, this dimension, this is like... Paper Mario. <laughs> you know? This is like... You know, you just can't ever get used to it again. It's just like... That's really one of the greatest yeah. rewards of having no other images in your mind except Christ and Him cruci crucified and His glorification and His Word and lining the living room of your mind with Scripture. Alive, active, energized, and working with angel power out of your head all the time. Yeah. Because what happens then when you have God's Word always working in your mind... You constantly live in heavenly bliss. You'll constantly be experiencing more of Him, less of you. You'll live in peace, prosperity, healing, abundant life. Every breakthrough God has for you comes from your living room agreeing 
with the spirit and the word. So <laughs> putting the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of your forehead isn't just something you can do externally. It's something the word coming up internally and taking possession of your head. Yeah, taking possession of our head ministry. <laughs> Somebody ought to be driving this thing. Yeah, because after you're born again, all that's left is the renewing of your mind. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel, literally. <laughs> because we need it. People get into externalism. Mario Kart glory. And get a, <laughs> they get a false renewing of the mind. That's why they're so like at war against the true mind of Christ. It's a total civil war. Even through posting scripture and interacting with many broods of vipers yesterday in the narrow way group on facebook you could <laughs> see people even attacking me from for posting scripture that alluded to the angelic and to the glory realms so you know yeah, the anti-angelic there's believers. an anti-angelic there's an anti-christ you don't bring those around those will hurt our demons <laughs> there is absolutely an anti-christ body down here that thinks it's charismatic Christian perfection, and we got it. We got revival. We got we're obedient to God, we're but like, their their God is Lucifer, and it's highly deceptive. And because they reject the God inside mindedness, there's no way to wake them up except through judgment. Yeah, they won't listen. They're not teachable. They don't learn. They don't. They don't even obey the prophets. They hate the prophets. They don't even believe in apostles. An apostle comes around, they treat him like a cockroach. And this is most Christians, y'all. Most. most. So we're dealing with a very Laodicean church whose God is mostly Lucifer. Exactly truth, anyhow. Now, we also have a remnant here that's kind of been through that meat grinder. That's not really interested in any of that anymore. That has overcome much. There's people that are seeking God's own heart in the midst of Babylon the Great. Yeah, that's the rarest of the rare. But there are people that really just want Jesus, and it doesn't matter what form he comes in. Second coming, Jesus required that you could not be concerned about the form. In his resurrection, people didn't recognize him in form, but they had him in feeling. And feelings are very important, because if you can feel it's Jesus, they knew it was the Lord. It is written. They didn't recognize it through senses. That's what the resurrection says in John. They recognize it through feelings. They had circumcised hearts, which means their hearts could feel that it was Jesus Christ. They couldn't use any of their senses in his resurrected form to, identi to identify God. They could only use their feeler. So a feeler is part of your prophetic discernment. If you don't have a good feeler, you can often get deceived because you're not going after hearts. You're going after appearances and forms, and any demon can get you. So make sure you get circumcised hearts to feel him. This verse came out today. Genesis 17.1 Walk before me, Abraham, but it's also you. Put your name in there. Walk before me, you, in my presence, and be perfect. Now you're in the covenant of Abraham. It's a covenant of faith. You are the children of Abraham if you obey the spirit of faith from Jesus Christ. Now how do you obey? Because his presence is is manifest and poured on you as what? Ruach. Mm -hmm. This is the Ruach that will just blast humanity. Now, disobedience to Ruach is as common as a $1 bill around here. It's as common as dirt. Because people don't understand the value of obedience to the Ruach. It is your life. The preciousness of God pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. 
real Pentecostal reality. And the value of that Ruach is the measure you have God in you and upon you. You'll see the white dove descend in him who re it remains as Messiah. Which means there's a, a stewarding. What did Jesus do? Steward the Ruach. What does a real Christian do? Values the stewardship of the white dove upon their mind in images, which is constantly shredding idolatry. So there's no other image in there except the white dove, which is the Ruach HaKadosh, Holy Spirit. If you're not doing that, if you're not willing to shred images in head and heart, whoo, you ain't walking with them. You're walking with demons 100% of the time. It begins, this walk, after believing in Jesus Christ, of stewarding the Ruach. So it's always like a white dove upon you. And Jesus stewarded the Ruach upon him, performing everything the Ruach wanted to do with his nefesh, his flesh. Okay? Then, after many, many acts of prophetic obedience, he was led by that same Ruach up a mountain and was revealed in his glory. Then the Father said something different over him after performing many obedient acts to the Ruach. He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, obey him. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, listen to him, baptism. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, obey him. Because now he has entered a completely different realm of stewarding the Ruach as a man in the flesh. So when you're listening to him in this level of maturity... It is direct obedience to God the Father as King. It's government. And so you see people weeping and gnashing their teeth, everyone mocking him. To... So there wasn't much honor towards Messiah, if you read the Bible. Mostly dishonor. It's easy to honor him now. Why? Because you... he's not here. His spirit's here. His Ruach's here. And you know how many Christians honor Ruach. Few and far between. It's mostly everyone doing their own thing with their own interpretation. So... Going up the mountain, truly, and ascending these sapphire stones is how much you value the Ruach, because this is the path that Ruach comes down. Revelation 22, verse 1, I saw the path that Ruach comes down. Mm, let me look at the picture. Yeah. It comes down from the Father, through the Lamb, through the cosmos. It doesn't just skip the cosmos. If you read Revelation 22, it goes right through them. How does it go through them? Through Keter. Through Hakma, through Baina, through Dat, through Hesed, through Gavura, through Tiferet, through Netzah, through Had, through Yasad, and through Malkut. That's why the arrow is pointing down, because that's the flow of the river of the Ruach. Hallelujah. Amen, that lightning path. And Ruach, if you're really faithful with the Ruach, basically all of your journey through Yetzirah is about <laughs> making your Nefesh submit to the Ruach. That's it. You, you, your trip through Asaya is differentiating between your uh, your Nefesh and the Ruach, and your Ruach and the Ruach of God, your spirit and the Holy Spirit. So there's a separation there in your trip through Asaya, that first world. It's getting cleansed of all iniquity in your spirit, differentiating between my spirit and the Holy Spirit. What's your spirit and what's the Holy Spirit? Because your spirit isn't going to be 100%. It's going to be much better usually than the soul and much better than the flesh at discerning things and making choices. But even if you discover your spirit, congratulations, you are now eligible for some of the worst white magic, sorcery, <laughs> witch, Christian witchcraft Once of all time. Once you're awakened in the force, the dark side wants you. Right. It's like 
That is such. That is so good. That is they don't exactly need light how it until is. you're practicing Jedi. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They, otherwise, you're just like a NPC in the background. Using all that awakened spirituality, perspective, <laughs> is, the, is what principalities really lust after. Yeah. And they do get most of them. You could be a drunk NPC in the background for a while, but you do need to learn the way. Okay. You do need to awaken to the Force. But um, there is a lot of glory on being a drunk NPC in the background. And just learning, and then when it's your time to awaken and walk into it. But yeah, you want to differentiate. That's your realm, the walk through Isaiah, the world of Isaiah. What's the difference between your flesh, your soul, your spirit, and your spirit and the spirit of God? So that rainbow mind starts to dominate, and a lot of it is you're learning to submit your flesh, and your nefesh, your soul, all that carnal animal soul, well, first you want to be born again and have a new nefesh, and then you need to you need it to learn to submit to the ruah. So once your spirit is subject to the Holy Spirit and you get the iniquity all worked out, then you go up through Yetzirah and it's all about the subjugation that uh, of your nefesh to the ruah. So it'll be your spirit listening to the Holy Ghost, and your nefesh listening to your ruah, your spirit. And the body follows. Typically the body just follows whatever the animal soul is doing. And if it's listening to this, your spirit, and your spirit's listening to God, God within you, the kingdom of heaven within you, God most high, Jesus Christ, spirit of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And you go up on sapphire stones. And by the time you get through Yetzirah, your nefesh is completely subject to the ruah. And your ruah becomes a throne for the neshama. If God deems you worthy and gives you the inscription, then you become a throne for that higher soul. I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new stone. I'll take away the stony heart. He gives you a new soul. A new heart. What is heart? Soul. And it descends. Now you must be careful. Why does all the anger get worked out in Yetzirah? Because if you acted in that anger in the world of Berea, it would uproot your neshama. It's not a permanent guaranteed thing. It's something that if you uproot it, an alien god will rest there. Again, in the same way, you couldn't really get into wickedness until you got awakened in your spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Right? You, you become a Jedi, the dark force, you know, the dark side calls you. The master you of peace. You, 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 the, that peace is so learned, and you get you uproot the anger out of you in Yetzira, so that remember he never uses it in anger. It is written, so that if so that when you receive the neshama, the holy neshama, you're always of uh, maintaining a perfect throne for it. And if you make any mistakes, you quickly repent because if you uproot the neshama in anger, that's when the alien god can come and sit upon that throne, and that makes you. Uh, a far more uh, wicked and dangerous creature than you would have been if you had never ascended so high in sapphire stones. So understand, when you count the cost in going to war, sometimes the most dangerous people are the people who rise on sapphire stones. So be nice to them. <laughs> no, no, not like that. Uh, you, there's more required of you. So as you go up, those things that used to trigger you, that used to trigger your anger, or that used to cause you to think that you're doing the will of God, 
by, you know, correcting someone, but you're actually stabbing them with your sword of the spirit in their spirit, that's actually not tolerable at these levels. It's actually, it's not tolerated, and there's severe punishment for certain things. So you actually, that, that immaturity gets worked out, because even a lot of you at the sound of my voice, you still tend to stab, stabby stab. That's not circumcision, that's not killing the animal, that's you being a murderer. And every single one of you at the vo sound of my voice needs to hear that. That's what needs to get worked out of the body of Christ right now. Those things, remember God's taking us from what? Animal abuse to actual animal sacrifice. Mm. Big difference. That's something he's working out in us. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us as a company. You've been so mistreated for so many years by so many people. You have to get that sin out of you. They did that to you. Now don't do that to anyone else. We're getting more accurate in the priesthood. Clean animals, perfect animals only for the altar. The other ones, the unclean animals, Gehenna pile, trash, burn it, take it outside of the camp. Right? We're getting more precise. We're getting more clean. We're getting more pure. The intentions. What we think of as priesthood that's actually been murder, that doesn't hold up. There's really severe consequences when you go up and you keep that. So I'm warning you right now, out of love so that you can deal with it beforehand there's that impartation and that seed of the word because we want you to be made perfect as your father is perfect and I know that that's what you want you in your heart of hearts in your spirit that's what you want otherwise you wouldn't be here listening to this right now so receive it take it we all need correction all of this sapphire stone walk is just more of those things that's uncomfortable because it's what's wrong with us. It's what's been wrong with humanity for the last 6,000 years or more. All those things of wickedness of the serpent seed that got into Adam and Eve when they ate from Satan. And then they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what's getting worked out, which means it's not pretty. It's not, not it doesn't always feel great. To hear more problems about myself. Oh, I've been... Celebrate the victories. Until the sword gets bigger to cut off the fat. Yep. Now, now, the temptation is once your sword gets so big is to use it on the other person's spirit around you. That is forbidden. That's the thing that God is changing in our company. There's some of you need to hear this. Not everyone is like that. Some of you are more... You would be almost afraid to, you know, circumcise anything. And there's other of you that just you need to stop stabbing people in the spirit because that's going to really hurt you when you get in higher levels. And I don't think you're going to, you're not going to like the consequences. So please hear that, receive it, whatever you have to change, change. And if you're just stubborn, you'll find out. <laughs> you'll find out when you go up. There's no getting around it. The higher you go up, the, the more narrow it gets, the more perfect you have to be. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, but this is how you're just, you just have to accept there's things that we're wrong about that only get fixed as we go up. But you don't have to continually learn from hard knocks as you go up. You can learn from the wisdom, learn from the mistakes of others, you know, learn from the revelation impartation we're giving you. Because we want you to have the best possible experience rising on sapphire stones. We want you to have a good time. Enjoy it. Feeling in the presence of God. Working with the Holy Spirit, not against Him, not hiding under fig leaves. But with a tender heart, growing up quickly like a tender shoot.
your heart open to the Lord and the awareness of the Shekinah. And I'll leave this. I want to uh, give you a nugget before we go. Brandon mentioned the Shema. That prayer, you know, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart. You know, the Lord your God is one God. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your strength. That prayer is one of the most unique weapons against chaos, which is your enemy, especially in his higher realms. As you rise, you'll confront the chaos within your own soul. And that peace, you pray that prayer with your whole heart and your whole mind and your whole spirit, that will reinforce you and protect you against chaos. To bring peace and understanding, clarity, wisdom, purity, that prayer in reality, spoken with a true heart, is what will reestablish your mastery over the domain of your thoughts. This is how you're going to tear down idols. It is the evil inclination, the evil impulse of the flesh, that must be slain without hesitation, without any reservation. That thought that must be eliminated, erased, made to have never existed in the first place, annihilated, completely obliterated, that evil impulse must be removed from the heaven of your thought atmosphere and every action you perform, indeed, your head and your hand, at and Gevra, slaughtered by your love for the Lord. your heart, mind, and soul, with your mind pegged in the high place, every image of your imagination continually aware, awakened to the Shekinah glory, the electricity of the Holy Ghost, an ephod fully blazing with lightning, as you step with faith into the crown of lightning and allow him to do his will and not your will say your your will father and not my will as i step into your lightning crown i remove my false crowns and idol idols how i think you're gonna do it in my life for your crown of lightning a priestly bride blazing shekinah lightning and fire a rose in full bloom. That's your calling. That's your true destiny. This is the way. Now walk in it. Take a step. Amen. Bless you guys. Pray that your evening is saturated 
with the glory of God's word. I pray that there be a seal of the Son of Righteousness upon your heart and your mind and your bodies from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ and the seven spirits of God before his throne. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much to tell us the truth every day, to help us overcome and rise from the old into the new and from death to life and from glory to glory. Father God in heaven, I pray you'd speak to every person about financial sacrifices, if they are to begin tithing their business income, and how much, 10%, 20%, 30% of the wealth of their house and their business, partnering with this apostleship on the front lines, advancing God's kingdom. I pray for a clear revelation for all giving. You want to give with revelation, cheerful giving, knowing that you're advancing God's kingdom, having a vision for your giving. The purpose of work, if you read the Bible, is for the functioning of the priesthood. It's for the advancement of the kingdom through the works of the priest. I pray that giving and offering from business become a holy thing for all of you, an exciting thing to increase the celestial temple of heavenly Jerusalem that you're bringing offerings for, that it not just be a blind thing of obedience that hurts your flesh, but an exciting, joyful act of second heaven's altar of sacrifice in the sun of righteousness, burning what you have worked for in the realm of the natural, working for God and not for man, and then giving the best of your house to the altar of heavenly Jerusalem for God's house to rule as government over all the earth. And your giving becomes an ever-increasing wisdom as you give. In Jesus' name, you can click the links in the description. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Amen.
sing it with us. Yeah. 